At Total Wine & More, find the best gifts for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for sis or a single-barrel bourbon that dad will love. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. Be 21. Where can you find the best gifts at great low prices that everyone will love? At Total Wine & More, of course, with so many great bottles to choose from. Find something for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for your sis, sparkling wine for a coworker, or a single barrel bourbon for dad. And if you need any help, just ask one of their friendly guides for advice. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. Be 21. Hi everyone. Looking back at this year, I don't think I'm alone in feeling very tired. But it's helping to think about the bright spots, like watching my daughter learn to walk and talk, figuring out how to make a podcast and recording it from the insides of so many closets from my old apartment in Brooklyn all the way to the little cave that I'm sitting in right now in California. And another bright spot was that even in our isolation, I got to find new ways to learn from and get to know all of you. From the genius recipe tips that you still send in to the helpful advice I get on YouTube for smarter ways to do things like measuring spices or slicing a bell pepper. And yes, our YouTube comment section is a surprising oasis of mutual respect, mostly. In a moment where we're so far apart, I'm finding that they are the parts that I look forward to most. And of course, I have been lucky to cook and eat a lot of genius things too. There was Carla Hall jumping in to coach us through the buttermilk biscuits that she has spent her whole career perfecting. Nick Sharma's scientifically proven, creamiest, and most flavorful way to roast sweet potatoes. And Michelle Hume's shishito-ified, shishito-ified? Shishito-ified bell peppers that I still make for work-from-home lunches as often as I can. And last but certainly not least, there was King Arthur's crispy, cheesy pan pizza. Your most loved genius recipe of the year by a lot. And the amazing thing is, they saw it coming. King Arthur's team started working on this recipe in May of 2019 and planned it as their recipe of the year for 2020. A little like how Pantone just announced that next year will be the year of ultimate gray and a bright sunshiny yellow called Illuminating. King Arthur knew a lot of home cooks were afraid of, but game to try, homemade pizza. But how did they know it was exactly what we would all be looking for this year? To find out more, I interviewed the force behind this recipe, King Arthur's recipe testing and development manager, Charlotte Rutledge. We talked about what working in the King Arthur test kitchen is really like, how Charlotte and her team picked the next big thing, and, oh yes, Charlotte reveals what 2021's recipe of the year is going to be. And at the end, we get to hear from all of you about the most genius things that you cooked this year. But first, here's Charlotte. Hi, Charlotte. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I am doing well in snowy Vermont. <laughs> well, first off, can you just tell me a little bit more about what you do at King Arthur? So I work in the King Arthur Test Kitchen. And how big is your team right now? We are a team of three bakers. Um, and then we have somebody who supports us. Wow. That, that's incredible. I really assumed that your team was enormous. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't. It's amazing how much you can do with a a three-ish person team. Well, okay. So what is this tradition of recipe of the year? Is it like 
Pantone's color of the year? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's sort of become that. It started back in 2014. Um, we kicked it off with our chocolate cake pan cake, which is basically like your your basic dump cake. And then after that, we did a chocolate chip oatmeal cookie. And then in 2016, that was our first stab at yeasted um, recipe. We had a no-need crusty white bread, you know, off of the sort of big no-need trends that happened in the early 2000s. Uh, in 2017, we, it was, we kind of dubbed it Year of the Bunt Cake and just had kind of four recipes as to fulfill the recipe of the year concept. Um, and then in 2018, it was banana bread, which actually probably would have done well this year as well, considering how many people were baking banana bread. And in 2019, um, before pizza came along, it was our classic birthday cake. In 2019, we started planning for 2020, and we really wanted it to be like, um, just keep keep up with the momentum of the classic birthday cake. And that's when we chose pizza. So how did you then decide that 2020 was going to be the year of pizza? We liked the concept of pan pizza because it really seemed um, like it was really the hottest kind of subcategory within the overarching pizza category. I mean, there's sort of the, the Neapolitan style pizza, which is, you know, that like very thin... Um, in the center, crusted, and then it's got kind of that pillowy edge um, with those sort of leopardy spots on the outer outside. And obviously that's really popular, but it's it's not that easy to attain in, in a home setting just because, you know, home ovens only go so hot and you really need high heat to get those pizzas to, to do what you want them to do. Um, and then there's kind of that element of nostalgia too. Like you think about sort of the, I guess the pizza hut pan pizza that we all had as kids, right? <laughs> yes. I'm so glad you brought up the pizza hut pizza because that's really what I've thought of so many times from, you know, from the very first time I tested this recipe <laughs> until now. Um, because I, when I was a kid, there was like a, some sort of reading program. Do you, did you have this too? Where like, if you read a certain amount, you got a, a certain number of stickers and you got to go get a free pan pizza. Oh, I don't remember that. Um, I remember it vividly going to pizza <laughs> and getting to have my personal pan pizza because I had read. And I wonder if that factored in at all to some of the nostalgia around this, or if it was just, you know, people liked having their pizzas that way as a kid, they weren't um, bribed to read <laughs> because of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of that, like, um, you know, that individual, serving, I guess, that maybe is, is more appealing where, you know, still that element of like, oh, I have this pan of pizza in front of me and it's all mine. Mm -hmm. This is the Genius Recipe Tapes. We'll be right back. You reach for the top olive oils and invest in the best pans. But in the kitchen, how well do you care for your greatest tool, your hands? When mine take a beating cooking and cleaning, which is often, I use Bag Bomb to work its wonders on my poor distressed skin. Created 125 years ago on a Vermont dairy farm, their soaps smell great and clean hands without stripping moisture, and their fast-absorbing lotion means I can quickly get back to cooking. Treat your hard-working hands to Bag Bomb, every chef's best friend. Use code FOOD52 for 20% off your order on bagbomb.com. Good through 2024. 
You reach for the top olive oils and invest in the best pans. But in the kitchen, how well do you care for your greatest tool, your hands? When mine take a beat in cooking and cleaning, which is often, I use Bag Bomb to work its wonders on my poor distressed skin. Created 125 years ago on a Vermont dairy farm, their soaps smell great and clean hands without stripping moisture, and their fast-absorbing lotion means I can quickly get back to cooking. Treat your hardworking hands to Bag Bomb, every chef's best friend. Use code FOOD52 for 20% off your order on bagbomb.com. Good through 2024. As you were developing, like, did you start off knowing, okay, this, we're going for a pan pizza or did that kind of like unfold along the way, how it was going to become what it eventually became? So we settled on pan pizza and then, then the question of the pan sort of came up and we were like, well, what are the pans that people are most likely to have at home? And it, we came down to both the, the half sheet and the quarter sheet or sort of like a cookie sheet um, that has sides on it. And at that point, I think the dough, we had pretty much settled on, on like the right formulation for the dough, the right technique that we wanted to use. Um, and it was just a matter of like really nailing in on the, on the bake. And I finally got it to a point where I was like, eh, I can be pretty happy with this. And we basically set up a, a pizza party for lunch one, one Friday afternoon and had to come in. Everybody, you know, I, I think I made probably two or three pizzas for that meeting, a couple, a couple in the, you know, the larger, um, baking sheet, half sheet pan size and then a couple is a sort of nine by 13 size and everybody had pizza sort of the the net result of that um feedback was sort of meh it was fine it just it wasn't any like you know pizza's pizza everybody's going to eat it and enjoy it in in some way but like it wasn't something that people were just wowed by or would necessarily have gone home and said like I'm going to make that I want to recreate that for dinner you know in the next week and so that was <laughs> pretty disheartening after all the work that we had gone through and um I will add that I was uh, pregnant at the time and so I had eaten definitely my fair share of uh, pizza and was starting to get a little bit um, nauseous by the sight of it. So I just was like so discouraged after that meeting. And um, we we went back to the drawing board. We regrouped, talked it over. I did a little bit more research, I think. And sometimes when I was like looking up just like pan pizza in a Google search, it would come up as the cast iron pan would come up. That was kind of the game changer. Um, it, you know, all of a sudden we were getting these, you know, deep brown, crispy crusts and, but still maintaining that like pillowy interior um, that we were really liking and sort of the initial testing with those, th those other pans. And I brought it to the team and I think, you know, from there, there was very little, very little looking back, I guess. And I think I can imagine the answer to this, but what has the community response been since you published it? You know, it, there was great response initially, and then um, and then it just kind of took off uh, with the pandemic. Um, I had sort of our our stats opened up, and yeah, I mean, we had great great feedback through March, and then. Um, you know, in, in March, we just had this huge spike right around when that, like things started shutting down and um, people were baking, baking at home so much more. Mm -hmm. 
just on on our end, it was far and away our most popular genius recipe of the year. And I don't know the numbers, but I'm sure it, it must have been one of the top recipes on all of Food 52 for the year. And just anecdotally, too, I mean, seeing all the comments, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of really heartwarming comments of people who had never made pizza before, had never made bread before, and just how how astonished they were at how good it turned out in spite of that. And for me, too, I would say of all the Genius Recipes that I publish, this is the one that has gotten the most random texts from family and friends of mine telling me, like sending me pictures of the pizzas they're making months later. <laughs> that doesn't usually happen. <laughs> And that's 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 so heartwarming to see. <laughs> um, well, it seems like it's about time for you to start announcing your recipe of 2021. Is that right? Yes, actually, um, we are <laughs> super excited about it, and it's going to be or will be. I don't know. So this is going to air probably um, after we launch. Uh, the title is Perfectly Pillowy Cinnamon Rolls. Whoa. And I I don't I might be more excited about these than pizza, but that could just be the fact that like, you know, who doesn't love a good cinnamon roll and I'm not pregnant this year, so <laughs> I don't have to think about that piece of it. Um yeah, so so excited about this coming recipe. <laughs> I mean, if you were going to pick nostalgic foods from my childhood, at least, you could only have followed crispy pan pizza with pillowy cinnamon rolls. <laughs> well, that is good to hear. And I hope that's sort of a, a universal sentiment. I mean, probably people have, you know, a good sense of cinnamon rolls from like popping a Pillsbury can or um, maybe even making them from scratch. I, I know I never did. We definitely bought the Pillsbury cans. So will the perfectly pillowy cinnamon rolls have anything in common with the canned kind? Or what was the the sort of experience you were trying to recreate? Or was it something completely new? Yeah, so I think the biggest thing uh, with cinnamon rolls for us, as we sat down to, to talk about them, was A, sort of the, the comfort factor and sort of, in thinking about like what what are the sort of pitfalls of cinnamon rolls and the it, what came up again and again was that well they don't they don't last long and we had a recipe on our site that employed the um, tang zong technique what it does is it 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 allows you to incorporate sort of more moisture into the dough more liquid and um, that in turn makes it so that the dough or the resulting bread or cinnamon rolls. Um, and in this case, are softer and um, and actually it, it prolongs the shelf life because the other sort of piece of it was like, well, you know, if people are just baking for themselves at home, they don't want a whole, you know, dozen cinnamon rolls to eat, you know, in a weekend if if um, if we can get that so that they're they're able to eat cinnamon rolls throughout the week and not, you know, sacrifice the quality of them. Um, let's do it. Charlotte, thank you so much for taking the time to tell us the story behind this recipe and for bringing it into the world. It's really made a big difference in my 2020 and I think for a lot of home bakers as well. Oh, thank you, Kristen. That that warms my heart and I know it will warm the collective heart of King Arthur Bakers. And now, here are a few of the most genius things that all of you have cooked this year. My name is Jeremiah. And I am the Dark Arts Baker from Virginia. Uh, about a year ago, I started a blog 
document my process of becoming a home baker. <laughs> and I also wanted to share my story about dealing with depression in a way to help other people. The website is The Dark Arts Of. Definitely the most genius thing I created this year was my coffee lover's brown butter blondies. So these blondies are one of the first things that I ever created that had brown butter, which was terrifying because I don't have any pans that are white. So trying to see how brown the butter is before burning it was a real challenge. They also have fresh brewed espresso. There's two shots and then there's two tablespoons of the ground espresso as well. Um, I've made them twice so far and they have been just phenomenal. My name is Sarah Stack and I'm from Montreal, Canada. Like most of you listening, I love cooking and baking, but during the pandemic, it's been that therapeutic thing that's brought me pleasure, kept me challenged and made me feel connected. The most genius thing I've learned to cook during this time has been handmade noodles. The first noodles I made were from Azerbaijan, these lovely diamond-shaped noodles covered with grilled lamb and dill and garlicky yogurt. My son literally took one bite and said, I could eat this every day for the rest of my life. That's how delicious they are. And that was just the start. Since then, I've made countless types of noodles. I've made those incredible bang-bang noodles that you slap on the countertop while stretching out the dough. They're delicious. I've made cannelloni, tagliatelle, I've made spätzle, the most exquisite lasagna. Not only are these handmade noodles delicious, and so much better than anything you could buy, making them is soothing. For example, when I make challah, braiding the dough gives me what I call the dough goosebumps, this wonderful feeling of bliss related to dough, which I think you either completely understand or you think I sound unhinged. When you make noodles, you know, you start by tipping the flour out onto the counter and forming this well in the center. It's like the starting point to endless possibilities. And then rolling it into a thin, perfect sheet and drawing your knife through the dough and across the counter. All these things give me the dough goosebumps. And I'll always remember that I took the time to learn this during the pandemic when things were strange and there was so much uncertainty. I have found it truly therapeutic. And of course it has a delicious result. Our show was put together by Coral Lee, Emily Hanhan, and me, Kristen McGlory. Thanks for listening, and really for everything this year. You have made 2020 much brighter for me and helped me feel so much more connected. Oh, and I hope that you are all taking a break of some kind over the holidays, because we are too. We will see you in two weeks, and in the meantime, maybe you can relive your own personal pan pizza glory days a few more times and get a head start on those perfectly pillowy cinnamon rolls. See you in 2021.